Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to 219 Green Connect, where we explore topics about the environment and green living in Northwest Indiana. I'm your host, Kathy Sipple, and with me today, I'm happy to have Ann Laker from the Indiana Forest Alliance. I have to admit, I didn't know too much about Indiana Forest Alliance. I just stumbled upon their website recently and was delighted to find out that somebody's doing this important work. So today with me, I have Ann Laker, who is the Director of Communications and Administration there, and she has agreed to tell me a little bit about uh, the organization and what they're doing. So welcome, Ann. Thank you, Cassie. It's great to get to talk to you about forests. Yeah, well, I kind of told you before we started that I have already been outed as a tree hugger. <laughs> I think trees are vitally important to, you know, our health and well-being, uh, both from a science and, you know, biology standpoint, but also just the mental uh, benefits and the, the physical benefits that I get from walking through a state forest that's very, very close to us, or state park, I should say. Um, up here near my neck of the woods, we are lucky enough to live about 10, 15 minutes from the Indiana Dunes State Park, as well as a, a DNR property and several other, you know, large acreage parcels that have fairly old, you know, tree growth. And I, I just can't imagine what I do without them. So could you just give us a little bit about, um, you know, the background of your organization, kind of maybe some of your your objectives or projects? Yes. Well, I just want to echo what you just said, that forests have incredible benefits for people, um, not the least of which is, you know, the fact that your blood pressure lowers when you enter a forest. Um, it really can be a spiritual place for some people. And obviously forests um, provide ecological services in the sense of absorbing, uh, sequestering carbon and being a home for so many creatures of so many types. So the Indiana Forest Alliance, our mission is preserving Indiana's native hardwood forest ecosystem for the enjoyment of all. Um, and we we say that phrase, enjoyment of all, because we, we talk a lot about the relationship between forests and people and really the right to enjoy a forest. You mentioned the Indiana Dunes, which is an amazing ecological area, and many know that a lot of northern Indiana, you know, was cleared for agricultural reasons, you know, 150 or more years ago. But in the south of our state, uh, and I'm sure you guys have amazing forests up there um, here and there. Um, in the south part of the state, some of our older forests do remain. And state forests are part of our DNR system. You mentioned state parks. Those are places where you can, you know, um, get with a lot of people and go on some staked-out paths and enjoy picnics. State forests are meant to be a little wilder, um, but one of the challenges is that our state government is choosing to log a lot of our state forests as a revenue generator for the state. And I think we can all understand, you know, governments need money to operate, but there needs to be a balance between, you know, the purpose of a forest. Is it to generate some lumber or is it to be a place where you can really go off, you know, off trail camping and 
do some incredible hiking and you may not see another person, um, those are the kinds of experiences we should all be able to access. Well, agreed. And I had also shared with you before we started that way back in the 80s, I was take I was an economics major at the University of Michigan, and while many of my classmates wanted to work on Wall Street, I knew I did not. I was taking economics of, you know, sustainable forestry and things like that. <laughs> so obviously the 80s were kind of a long time ago. I don't work in this realm all the time. But what I do remember is that it's not so easy to reforest. I mean, after you clear cut, I mean, there's a natural ecosystem where some trees kind of need to grow under the canopy of other trees. Does that sound at all correct with your modern science? Absolutely. Um, Old growth forests have their own value. They are places where only certain animals can thrive, and any time we manipulate a forest, we're we're altering the habitat. Um, and we we take the Indiana Forest Alliance takes a pretty strong stand that having forests that are you know a hundred years old or more is a special valuable goal that we should have. Um, and we you know already, you know, we know we don't have a lot of these, so we want to protect those that we have. One really exciting project that IFA um, initiated is a study called the EcoBlitz. Have you heard of, maybe you've heard of BioBlitzes? Um, yes, I've heard of BioBlitzes. Yeah, it's Tell me more. go into a space and really just document everything you find, everything from spiders to fungi to larger mammals like, you know, uh, bats, uh, birds, and just do a comprehensive study of what life are we finding here. Um, we, we got some grant funding to do that study um, in one particular state forest, Morgan Monroe, which is near Bloomington and Nashville, Indiana, Brown County area. Um, and we've been doing it for three years, and we've tallied, you know, 2,000 species and counting. Um, one fun fact is that Indiana has a greater diversity of salamanders um, than the, the Amazon rainforest does. I really like that oh. fact. I think it helps people realize, okay, you know, maybe we don't have mountains and oceans here, but we have incredible wildlife that we should protect and treasure. That's incredible. Yeah, I did not know that. Very interesting. Well, that that's great. So you've, you've gotten some grants to do this eco-blitzes, and then who are the people that typically help out with that? Are those staff, interns, volunteers, or just anybody that wants to get involved? All of the above. Um, staff, volunteers, <laughs> scientists. From uh, from different universities, I think we I think we had a group from St. Joseph's College, which unfortunately I guess is, had transitioned. But um, yes, anyone can volunteer. It's uh, sometimes it's hard to plan when we're going because it's based on weather and what we found at different points. But yeah, visiting the Indiana Forest Alliance website and clicking on 
uh, volunteer, you'll you'll be able to get connected if you're interested in hanging out in the night looking for bats or in the early morning looking for birds. It's, no expertise is needed. It, it's it's really a, a great way to get to know our forest better. Great, and your website is pretty intuitive, but let's just go ahead and tell people uh, the website is actually Indiana Forest, excuse me, ForestAlliance.org, and so yeah. please please go and visit if that that is of interest. And I mean that sounds really really fun. So does it have to be one of these specific areas, or can anybody report on you know their their neck of the woods? Oh, well, that's an interesting question. Um, we have permits and permission to to do the eco blitz in in Morgan Monroe, and we're actually trying to seek permission to do it in a different forest further south, the Harrison Crawford State Forest, which is closer to Louisville, Kentucky. Um, however, gosh, we love it when people send us photos of things they've seen in forests near their near their homes or neighborhoods uh, or communities. And, uh, yeah, we, we have an Instagram feed where we love to show just images of forest beauty and what we can learn about it. So, by all means, share share what you're seeing in your forest. Okay. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm kind of thinking uh, a few years ago I went through the Indiana Master Naturalist Program, and I love that. And uh, as part of that program, the graduation requirements are that you – acquire 30 hours of volunteer experience, and I'm thinking that would probably be a great way for anybody who's an Indiana Master Naturalist to do something they already love to do and really help out with, you know, categorizing what's what we've got in the state. So just, just yeah, one idea to put out there. <laughs> I like that yeah. idea. Thank you. I like to <laughs> connect the dots wherever I can. <laughs> yes, it's a, yeah. it's a good a good point. Um I know I don't really have, unlike you, I actually don't have a lot of science training, um, but I just felt kind of emotionally moved when when I was out with a team that was looking for birds, and I was so um, awed by how one or two of them who had a lot of birding experience could really identify birds just by listening um, to to the song and then you know zeroing in with binoculars it it was um it was kind of profound just in terms of how um how that type of knowledge can can um just kind of expand your understanding of of the natural world absolutely absolutely well i'm I'm remembering now just kind of poking around on your website I'm remembering actually the event that particularly stirred my heart and made me want to click on your website, and that was an upcoming event that you have called the Forest Foraged Feast, and I think that just sounds absolutely fascinating. Now, I know everybody in the listening area might not be able to get down to Indy to attend, but can you tell us anything about that event and how that came to be? Yes. Um, I think, you know, most of us know that... um, if you go on the margins of a forest, you might find some raspberry bushes and things like that. Well, there are people who really know um, what to look for in a forest that's edible. And so this really wonderful chef in Indianapolis named Neil Brown actually approached the Forest Alliance, 
saying, I'd love to provide this dinner for you, and I work with uh, three professional foragers who routinely he sends them out to get, you know, certain types of mushrooms and um, certain types of greens. And so they're, they're putting this dinner together. It's on Sunday, August 13th at 6 p.m. in downtown Indy. And we still have a few tickets available, and you can sign up on our webpage. Just yesterday I was talking with one of the foragers, and she mentioned um, pine powder, which I guess is like a sweet, maybe a Swedish powder that could be put on top of like a cake. She mentioned um, ramp capers. I think maybe you've heard of ramps, which are kind of like onion-like yes, green. I love ramps. Um <laughs> And maybe having those be pickled. And then she mentioned that mushrooms are really plentiful right now and that that will probably be a, a big component of the meal. So I'm so excited, too, to, to see what, uh, what the chefs come up with. But it's really about acknowledging and enjoying the abundance of forests when they have not been so disturbed. And, you know, we, the Forest Alliance... Uh, we're we're pretty outspoken. Um, we work very directly with some of our legislators, and we invite people to do, as you said you did, um, sign our petition to Governor Holcomb saying, can we please um, limit logging to some degree in our state forests? Um, so we, uh, we're doing this, you know, so we can, this, this forage dinner is going to help you know, bring in some some funds so we can continue this advocacy work. Well, that that's just great. And I I didn't tell you before we started that I actually am one of those foragers that enjoys <laughs> collecting the food in the forest. Um, I I did get certified uh, last wow. summer, just a little over a year ago, by the Hoosier Mushroom Society, and uh, became. Yeah, an Indiana licensed mushroom expert for wild mushrooms and, the, you know, the ones that you said that are becoming plentiful right now. And we, working in conjunction with the time bank that I established up here, were able to find quite a few mushrooms, more than members really needed for their personal consumption. So we did make relationships with three different local chefs last year who purchased mushrooms from us in quantity for you know some farm to table dinners but as far as i know we haven't had any forest foraged feast like you're doing it was just a one off thing among other more conventional local foods but i just thought that was great to acknowledge the bounty that forests already give us without doing all the work of growing the food i i love the local farmers but I just, um, you know, really want to acknowledge the gifts that are, are growing in such abundance, especially mushrooms. They're just, they're beautiful, they're nutritious, and they're they're just great. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's great. Yeah, what, I love what, doing that. What's the taste? One of the tastiest ones that you that you identified. What's your favorite? Well, mushroom? I do love morels. I mean, those are a springtime mushroom, and I never have found more morels than I'm willing. I have not found enough to sell. Let's put it that way. I will eat every morel that I find. <laughs> so that's the yeah. very tastiest that I love. But um, my taki and I think chicken of the woods are probably 
among my favorite summer and fall mushrooms. And the chicken of the woods, it's it's just amazing. I don't know if you've had it before. It's a bright orange, and it really yeah, tastes like photos, chicken. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's just amazing. I have some vegan friends that feel uncomfortable eating it because they just think it, it's a little too much like chicken. <laughs> you oh. know, but it's it's wonderful. It's just I've got a great texture. It's it's uh, really hearty, and uh, although I'm not uh. vegan, I. It, it you know really makes you feel like you're getting a very very hearty meal and you would certainly not miss meat at all having that in a dish. So that's probably one yeah. of my favorites. Well, maybe that'll end up being like the main course of this dish. With what, what's wonderful about the foraging is that you know we we couldn't publicize what the menu is going to be really because you know you have to wait until a few days before to see what uh, what can be gathered. So it's kind of a a, a, a wonderful kind of we're keeping ourselves in suspense, but we have a few ideas of what what we might be uh, eating that evening. So yeah, if if anyone is up for a road trip to Indy, we we'd love to have your your presence and your support. It's great, and I I do want to say too, anybody in the listening audience that might be listening past the date of this event. Please email me if you've got you know ideas about how you'd like to be a part of that you know picture up here in Northwest Indiana. You can email me Kathy at 219greenconnect.com, and I'd be happy to kind of you know tell you what we've got going on up here. But the time bank is really kind of a convenient way for me to loop people in if there are property owners that will allow mushroom hunters to come out and do that. Obviously, you do need permission. You do need to really make sure that you're not trespassing. That you're not mushroom hunting where you're not supposed to be and um, you know that does take a little bit of cooperation and access to to resources so anyway I just love what you're doing and, and kudos to you anything else any other big initiatives that you're particularly proud of or success stories anything like that well um, again on the advocacy side last February um, we brought 800 people to the state house in Indianapolis to to take a stand for for forests and leaving some of them unlogged um and it was a an incredible show of of people and energy for this cause and I would encourage you know wherever you live in the state communicate with your state senator or and representative mention how you feel about forests ask them to reconsider the policy of treating state forests primarily as timber farms and let them know that forests have value, trees have value when they're left standing and that we need policies that acknowledge that. So that's, you know, that's what we're fighting for. Um, it's only $25 to become a member of the Indiana Forest Alliance and we do have members around the state. We're also actually hoping to at some point organize a hike in the northernmost uh, Indiana State Forest, which is the Francis Slocum Forest. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, it's a little bit more toward the Fort Wayne side, but um, it is, uh, it's one of our smaller state forests, but it's one that we uh, want to draw attention to as well so thank you Kathy I, I appreciate your knowledge and experience with 
forest, and I think everyone probably has a a forest story to tell, you know, a time when they were really, uh, had a great time in a forest or just kind of communed with it and understood its value. So it starts with love, I dare say. Um, If we love our forests, we we can save them. I would agree, and I know that you do have a, a strong, you know, basis in in science. And I'm really happy to see uh, there's one particular researcher up in, I believe, uh, British Columbia, maybe Vancouver, who's and I can't think of her name right off the top of my head, but she's been doing some work around communications that actually come from trees. You know, so this, ah, this yes, scientifically yes. backed that they are they do have some degree of um, ability, you know, to, to communicate with one another and send electrical impulses through the mycelium network underneath the soil, which I think is just really incredible. So I think beyond timber, beyond love, there's just a lot of wisdom there. <laughs> They're generating oxygen for us. They're just a good idea in a, you know, a lot of ways. And, and I do want to say, too, that your website clearly states you're not anti-logging completely, but just being selective, coming to a balance, so that we don't destroy you know, this really valuable resource that we've got. Exactly. Is that correct? Balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then and I also see something on the site called Wild Indiana Campaign. Is that something that you're still promoting or anything you'd like to share about? Yes, that is our effort to kind of organize local groups who are interested in protecting specific forest areas near them. So we've got a, a group in, there's a group in Ferdinand, Indiana, a group in um, near Bloomington, a group near um, Scottsburg, Indiana, which is also down by Louisville. And these groups are, you know, they know their forest well and they want to connect with their legislator to say we'd we'd like to at least set aside 10% of of this forest from logging and just kind of localizing that campaign and and so our staff here in Indy and well we have staff that actually live in different towns in Indiana one in Lafayette one in Bloomington um, to support those those efforts uh, by local people to just kind of own it as far as, yeah, we're going to organize ourselves and make a statement about how we feel about the forest. Yep, so that's the Wild Indiana campaign where we are, our staff had selected certain areas within our current state forest that we thought had special ecological value and we call those state wild areas, and we'd love for them to become an official designation by the state. Great. Well, thank you so much. You've got a lot going on. And, I mean, just to recap a few of the the things that we've talked about, you can visit indianaforestalliance.org to get to the website, number one. And if you go to the Get Involved tab, you can sign the petition that we talked about, you can become a member, and that's just $25, as was already mentioned. So that's you know a nice way that you can support them very affordably and stay stay kind of apprised of what's going on. And then there are some volunteer opportunities that we've already discussed. Then if you're lucky enough to live close enough to get to their event, you can go to the event tab, 
and gosh, would I love to be there to go to this forest foraged feast. <laughs> Try saying that five times fast on yeah, August right. 13th. That's delightful. So I really hope that that's you know something that we'll see more of uh, across the state, and especially selfishly in my own area. I'd, I'd love to see that. So just kudos to you and your organization for all the great work that you're doing. Any last thoughts you'd like to share? Oh, just to thank you for your invitation to talk about forests, and and thanks to everyone listening. Thank you, Anne. Uh, this has been Anne Laker with Indiana Forest Alliance, and you've just listened to another episode of 219 Green Connect. I'm your host, Kathy Sipple, and I'm always looking for great people to interview that are doing work with the environment in Northwest Indiana, Indiana statewide, and beyond for initiatives that affect us here. So please do message me, Kathy at 219 Green Connect, if you yourself would like to be interviewed or you know somebody that would make a great interview subject. So once again, thank you, Anne, and keep up the great work. Thanks, Kathy. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.